Welcome to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Today's guest is none other than Austin Leonard, a.k.a. at the Burr Print. My boy from Bend, Oregon. He's a lifestyle photographer. He's an awesome human being. Austin, welcome to the show, brother. How are you? What's up, friends? Thanks for having me here. Super grateful. Uh, love all the things you guys are doing. Great team of people. Uh you know, helping out the community, just inspiring everyone and motivating everyone just to get on that grind and get out there and just make stuff happen. Dude, absolutely. I appreciate that. Appreciate the words, man. So uh, why don't you let the community know a little bit more about yourself? I just turned 27 years old. I'm uh, born and raised in North Carolina for pretty much most of my childhood and now i live in bend oregon i've been out here for about five or six years great place to be lots of people motivated to be outside and outdoors and like 300 plus days of sun here so you really can't beat that and uh yeah it's just a great place to be good vibe you know everyone's doing their thing stoked to be outside and just enjoying the sunshine and those outdoor activities dude I love it. I love it. I, uh, so I was obviously like we talked about earlier, I was introduced you to you by a friend named Haley Garrett and I'm glad she plugged you bro, because I thought you had a really, really cool Instagram feed and dude, I, dude, I really appreciated your art and your feed and I really appreciated your love for the outdoors a lot, especially being like a person of color, bro, because like, I don't see, like, <laughs> you know, I'm always like the only dude, like seriously, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm literally the only, all the time, like I'm just the black guy that's, like, <laughs> out in nature, doing this, doing that, riding dirt bikes and quads, or, like whatever it may be. And so like when I came across your feet and I saw you out fishing and doing all this stuff, I'm like, hell yeah. Like that's you're, awesome. You're, you're black too. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I didn't know what your ethnicity was. Really? Was a, no, I'm I'm half black and half white. What are you, dude? That's wild. So, dude, so I'm I'm African American. I'm thirty percent Irish and like twenty percent Dutch. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's I'm wild. A, I'm a I, mutt, I, bro. I had no clue, dude. Straight up. So, so that's extra tight. Most, so most I, pe- I don't realize how <laughs> born I look until like people are like, "Oh, I didn't know." You. I thought you were like. I thought you were like Middle Eastern mixed or something, or like I think it's the mustache. I don't know, bro. The hair. It might be. It might. I think it's the hair. I think it's the hair. Because I don't have like black. Like your, <laughs> your hair is more black than my hair is. You know? Yeah, and my mom's a ginger, so I got like funny ass shit. Like my hair, like once too much sun starts to get a little little red in there, a little reddish brown. But that's dude, awesome, man. I had no clue. That is awesome. Yeah, dude. So. Yeah, so I've always like loved your feed, and I'm just like, cool, man. This is good. There's there's more colored people getting out and doing things and and, and showcasing it. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a rarity, you know. And that's like just as you've probably noticed, like your whole life. It's like that's just how it's always been. And like 
other, I mean, I guess we would both say we're around a lot of Caucasian people, <laughs> and that's like usually how it is. They, they're like, notice it too, and they call you out. Like, since I did snowboarding for so many years, like, you know, that was like one thing. It's like, oh, you're like, you're one of the only black snowboarders. Like, only other ones, like, already pro. Like, you know, so I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, I'll take advantage of this. I got a chance. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's always funny, like, because it definitely is a lack of like ethnicity, but it's cool that like on social media now you see like a lot of different people from like every type of like yeah. background. And that's like cool because that's like people's backgrounds like engraved in them. So that's like, you know, where they get a lot of style and creativity from. So it's cool to pick up on, you know, someone that might shoot photos in Europe or, you know, like just different backgrounds is super interesting always. And like, that's one thing's like, you can just try to like pick up from other people that you wouldn't even recognize why you like it. It's just cause like, Oh, like uh, that's a Chinese director, you know, like you like those movies, you know, and certain things like that. It's super cool. Like, you know, to accept and just appreciate other cultures and stuff and like what you can pick up and just try to notice those things. Dude. Absolutely. So how did you get into photography? Oh, so I was, I went to community college in North Carolina and I was going for my associates in fine arts. Um, and I was doing a lot of graphic design stuff and I had to take like a bunch of arts classes and photography was a class I had to take. And at the time, like when I was snowboarding, I had this, this little Canon point and shoot a Canon elf. And, uh, I would film these snowboard videos on it and stuff. And, uh, I would shoot photos every once in a while on it, not too often, just kind of like collected memories, you know, typical things you would do with the old digital photo cam. And so I had that camera for about a week in class and my, I don't even remember my teacher's name, but he was actually like a really good photographer and like, you know, he had some professional work and jobs that he'd done and he seemed pretty reputable and he was just a cool outdoors dude. He like was super into climbing and he was always going to Utah and all these places like with sick climbing and stuff. And so it was cool. But after like a week, I was like, dude, like I'm learning like so much like stuff like fundamentals i was like i just need to get a, a you know a dslr like and so i just dropped in like a canon t3i i think i was just like screw it i had like grant money from school so i was like screw it like i got three thousand extra bucks like let's just buy a camera and a couple lenses so i dropped in and that was like one of the best things i did because like to this day i appreciate those fundamental techniques i learned in the two photography classes because like like, I feel like I don't really have a problem, like, understanding, like, lighting, you know, really fast in certain scenarios where, like, um, a lot of people, you know, might just put it on auto or just, like, you know, try to not – a lot of people I find out that maybe even, like, really good photographers, like, they kind of have interesting techniques or, like, they don't really, like, know – like, not everyone knows lighting that well, you know? Like, you can't let's point out someone and be like, all right, what should I put my settings at? But if you really know the fundamentals, like, you can find an average, like, spot where you're going to be pretty close to right on, like, if you're just good at recognizing that. Super thankful for, like, having those things engraved, like, when I first got my camera. So, like, I still use all those you know, things just to like help me be like super fast. I don't have to turn on my camera and like look at it every time and be like, Oh, I need the ISO at this, you know, usually I can get in the ballpark and then adjust a couple times and just be there, which like, it seems like a lot of people like even have a rough time doing things like that. But that just comes like with, you know, 
I went, to, I like actually learned it from someone, you know, and took the time to like learn it. Whereas like a lot of times these days, people just would like, okay, I'm just going to go buy a camera and learn photography. <laughs> and that's just how it goes, you know? And yeah. I mean, I have no, there's like no bias towards that. Like, I'm stoked that more people are taking photos It's just more people like expressing their creativity, but a lot of people expect it just to work after they just go buy something nice and be like, all right, I'm going to take some bangers now. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, shit, everyone wish that works, you know? <laughs> Dude, yep. No, absolutely. So we know how you got into photography. Who is your, like who inspires you when it comes to photography? Man, uh, I'm inspired by just like so many things, uh, and I think that's like. In- Rather than yeah, well, I, I, now that I realize it, I'm framing it by saying who inspires you is almost like a really bad question because what if it's not a person? What if it's a place or a thing? So, better question: What inspires you? I mean, sir, good question. Still, certainly, people. A lot of people inspire me, um, but I, uh, you know, I have my like one of my good friends like i i get like in, in like i was saying at the beginning i get inspired by like a lot of things and it kind of creates me to go like different directions all the time and uh that's like one of the things like even like i was taught in college like in painting class like it was just like you know if you really want to be successful you just really got to like focus on one thing and then just like master it and you know like go for you know just like that's got to be like your thing kind of and like, I don't know, I've always been kind of like had like a rebel attitude towards thing, just being like, no, if I like something and I think I can do it, I'm going to try it. And I really think that's how like everyone should be, because a lot of people put themselves in a box and say, oh, like, or, you know, they don't even put themselves in a box, but they let other people kind of put them in a box where it's like you're a landscape photographer or you're just a lifestyle photographer or, you know, you do these certain things, but like if you're really good at taking landscapes, like there's a high chance you're really good at taking portraits, you know, and vice versa. And like, I think a lot of people, you know, leave out their talents in this, in the fact of like a lot of landscape photographers only post landscapes because that's just what people will like the most and they'll get the most engagement from. And like, for me, like that for a while, like that was uh, fishing. And I just like, quit because i'm so inspired by like so much other work that i'm like no i see that i really like this and i want to do that so like i like try to just you know accomplish everything and it's not like maybe i'm not gonna like be the best at it but as long as i make myself stoked and i like have an envision like i envision something i want to go take it accomplish it and like when i do those things like a lifestyle photo of like you know a chick you know and some neon lights or something like that i'm super stoked on that and the fact that like oh yeah you can do that like don't let anyone tell you that you're a certain type of person it's just like I'm sure the same thing happens with music and stuff. Like when people are like, Oh no, you're a rapper. You can't make this kind of song or you're a rock star. You can't make this kind of song. But you know, if like, if you got it in you, you can make it happen. It's just like, you got to always believe in yourself and like what you can do. And there's a lot of people that will just box themselves in. And I think there's a lot of creativity that could be expressed more from a lot of people um, in a lot of cool ways. And they could have a different take on it that they don't even know, but they're just like scared because like, 
they don't get as many likes on a portrait photography, like a portrait photo or something like that. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> like, I mean, it happens. I mean, and a lot of people are guilty of that. I've been guilty of that for like so long. Like I used to post like strictly fishing stuff, like a lot of stuff because like I was personally just really into that, you know, and that's what I was super stoked on at the time. And that's what I'd get the most likes on. And then when I, when I'd post like a portrait photo, it'd go from like, you know, over a thousand likes to like, 300 you know i just have like 300 likes and i'm like and i'll be like damn that kind of sucks kind of like hurt my feelings <laughs> but then i realized i was like you know what like screw it like that's 300 people that i appreciate that they care and they actually enjoy that so i'm gonna keep pushing exactly like, to just do what i care about because that's what makes me happy i'm not trying to make all you guys happy like and like the obvious too the other people that didn't like it <laughs> it's not that they disliked it they're probably like, oh like i like it i follow you because i like your fishing pics bro like yeah so i'm gonna keep following you but i'm only gonna engage with your fishing when i see a girl exactly eating, you know when i see ice cream and women upside down <laughs> and whatever then that's not my cup of tea so i'm gonna keep scrolling but when you post fishing i'll be right back there and there's nothing wrong with that that's what people no. gotta understand it's okay we all have different tastes just like music guess what it's not you're like drake by the way i hit next on number seven because it was garbage but number yeah. eight was, number eight was awesome it, right and so exactly it's like, no, it's cool like it's not we all do it and people do it to us so like artists, yeah. shouldn't, artists that get bent out of shape shouldn't be because i'm sure they next a few songs on some albums which is exactly Always. the same thing <laughs> Always, you know, like no one has a killer 15 track album unless it's, I mean, there's a few, maybe some Fleetwood, maybe some Fleetwood Mac shit, but you know, we talking old school. Dude, so, so tell me, tell me about your job. So you're a full-time photographer. You have a unique job. Yeah, man. I like actually, so I've pretty much been, I'll let it be known. I've been attracted to cannabis like since I was pre- pretty much introduced to it besides the fact of when i grew up i was super against drugs and that was because of like my childhood which we can go into that in a little bit but i was super like dare kid you know like but i was too (laughs) once i got like old enough and i was into it like i just kind of like had like a fascination with like a lot of things about it and just kind of like I don't know. There's a lot of stigma always, especially being from the East Coast. It's still there. So moving to the West Coast was one of those things that made me more like casual. And I first came out West when I was 17 or 18 to work at summer snowboard camp at Mount Hood. Um, And I did that for six summers. So just coming out West and it just is like so much more of a casual lifestyle out West compared to the East Coast. It's just nuts. Like East Coast, like it just seems like a lot of women like you know not a lot of people feel like they can achieve any sort of dream or whatever so like most of the ladies just kind of want to have kids and get married right out of high school and then the dudes just work like construction jobs or whatever but you know there's this handful of select other people you know my buddies that are really doing awesome stuff and um but the just the motivation of just you know doing cool stuff and creative things like people don't believe that they're almost it's like it's very rare so a lot of and a lot of those people that do end up moving so it's one of those things that kind of comes hand in hand like i weirdly met so many people from my same hometown that i didn't know there that i met here or like i did know there and they live here now too in oregon and it's just so such a small world and 
as you get older, I think everyone realizes that if you travel, you network, you realize this, like how small and connected the world is. Like it's pretty nuts. Cause I also own a fly fishing guide company in Nevada and I figured out my boss at this dispensary I managed once flew this plane and like had this conversation about me with my old boss. And it somehow came around. I was like, wait, was this guy like, you know, this name? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. That was like my old, like the owner of the place I like used to work for. It's just like the world is so small. It's nuts. But basically I shoot photos for a cannabis company, Deschutes Growery. And I do, uh, I do photos, videos and help with, um, a lot of the marketing stuff. And I recently was able to design merchandise, which like I'm super into fashion. So that was a super cool thing, uh, that I was stoked to do was like make some really cool customers custom hats and uh, t-shirts and things and a bunch of like random merchandise stuff, grinders and rolling trays and stuff like that, which is just super cool to get into that industry because you learn or like not industry, but doing those things for a business, you learn so much and you pick up so much like as an entrepreneur, you're like, oh man, now I know how to do these things if I wanted to do it myself. Like I have such a better like, you know, path to take instead of just stepping into the darkness. Um, but it's a super rad company. They're green. Like everything's kind of like on the green side of like doing the best for the envir- environment. It's all solar panels, all LED lights, all organic. Um, and, you know, just a small team of rad guys like doing the right thing and kind of like definitely one of the probably the most innovative teams here in in town and and definitely in Oregon just in the sense of like what they're trying to do you know there's not many if any other facilities that have full solar powered roof and you know for me it was cool to like shoot drone shots and the whole installation process and all those things because like you know it's like and you learn like how much like a lot of businesses with big warehouses and stuff with all these lights and things like take up a lot of energy and it's like cool that they're actually trying to make like a a better footprint on that you know and you know Mm -hmm. recycle recycle and reuse energy and stuff like that so I'm really appreciative for the opportunity because you know i get paid super well and i'm like able to just live in a two-bedroom apartment by myself so i'm stoked to just have my little home office and studio for product photography and that's what that's one thing like i'll shout out like you people need to get good at shooting cannabis because it's a rare market and there's big companies like weed maps and leafly that are looking for people to do this so there's not many of us out there so i'm telling you now take advantage of it because they're asking me for people in portland and all these other areas like they need they need people to shoot photos so there's opportunities out there and it's it's not easy so you really got to dial it in <laughs> But Dude, that's it, rad. It, it's it's rad to work in this industry because you know ten, even five years ago, that's not ideal. A, a right. cannabis company doesn't have a marketing budget to to pay someone like you know like the as much as you know people do now. And it's cool that people in that industry are forward enough because even you you and I know like some of these other like some of the longest industries been in the business, they still don't even know how to transfer over to social media and these things because they don't believe in it yet. And it's just like foolish of them because they're just not taking advantage of being ahead. Like even if it was the wrong step, even if you like own a welding company, like 
maybe it maybe it is good to have social media because you take advantage you're going to be the only welder with social media and you know people don't take advantage of these options and that's just one thing that's like i'm grateful for that this company is doing that because there's a lot of other businesses that don't want to pay a salary because to like a marketing person because they don't believe in that kind of stuff and they'll you know those of those companies eventually will understand once they're behind but it's one of those things that's super cool to be in in this time and we're in a super cool like time frame just to be able to have opportunities like this and you know i see it more and more just how many people are doing social media and marketing jobs you know and that that wasn't as much of, that wasn't as big of a job category <laughs> even five five years ago you know Right. Yeah. No, that's really cool that you have, <clears throat> you know, an awesome job getting to do, uh, something neat that pays really well, especially for a photographer. Like most people can't say that they get to basically shoot and do what they enjoy for a living and it pays the bills <laughs> and stuff. They're usually trying to juggle lots of different things. So a, that's really cool. B, if they ever need someone to name strands, <laughs> seriously, that's a like. That's I will do. I will come do some consulting for your company. I've always just wanted to be the guy that just names the strands. Uh, the strand names are so wild. I'm just like, bro. I just want to create strands like Savage Patch Kids. The Savage. Uh, Patch. Like, I just want to come up with random names. I'm like, that's ah, a perfect marijuana strand. Throw it in yo, there. Yeah, yo, they're cracking down these days. Now they like you. You can't even name it like anything that's like relatable to like like the whole like Girl Scout cookies things. Like oh, they like really trademarks. They, and- they're not even supposed to call it Girl Scout cookies anymore because like it could be like related to like you know. <laughs> like under underage kids wanting it it's like what like like you know they gotta do what they gotta do there's crazy laws that come with the recreation stuff but i only work i i worked in a dispensary managing one for a year and a half or so and when it was all medical and that was really cool because i got to meet really amazing people and do and the whole business was a whole different focus than it is now with the rec and you know like i was uh we like helped a lady who had uh a brain tumor and it was the size of a golf ball. And we took her through this, uh, CBD THC oil treatment that was really rigorous, um, for six to eight months. And, uh, her brain tumor shrunk from the size of a golf ball to the size of a grain of rice with no blood passing through it. And it was like cool to really be in the industry Uh and like believe that this stuff is actually, you know, medicinally helping people, um, you know, save like it definitely is i watched it save a couple of people's lives in that in those terms and it's like really cool to see the difference because i come like i said i come from north carolina and just such a huge stigma so it's like cool just to be just to have actual proof that like you know it does can make a difference you know if you really if you really take it seriously and not just like and that's just not being like oh i'm gonna smoke some joints and it's gonna cure me it's like no you gotta like if you it's medicine you know like right. the, the the oil this lady's taking like i took some of it before like it gives you like diarrhea like cramps like it's not like it gets you way too stoned like not not how you want to feel enjoy it's not enjoyable it's actual medicine like at certain doses and it's pretty crazy because you know with a lot of us it helps anxiety depression and some of these things you know just kind of like eat and sleep and uh mm-hmm. you know people help some people can't even eat with that like i like i have a hard time like eating if i like don't smoke so or getting an appetite um but just a lot of things like it helps people with but there's like real serious things that it helps people with like i have a buddy that's i met there 
fly like we fly fish together. His name's uh, Bob. Super cool guy. He's about forty five, but he he got Lyme disease from a tick while fishing like years ago, and his Lyme disease is pretty serious now. I mean, he can only has like certain amounts of energy, but it's crazy like how the cannabis actually helps him function and get an appetite and these things that he like just like suffers from with Lyme disease. And I don't know, I was brought closer to so many people and it's cool to be like, you know, gain empathy and certain things that like you understand that just people with stigmas or anything. I mean, just even people that just smoke in general, like they don't even know, like, you know, like, whoa, that saved the person's, you know, like brain tumor. Like that's, that's crazy. Like there's not a lot of people that know that cannabis can do that and its actual qualities are pretty strong and it's pretty nuts. Like. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where we are in five years, you know, with like the te- like with the legal federal testing and stuff like that. Because you know, to me, just seeing things like that in a small scale that not everyone sees, and every a lot of people have seen the you know it helped the kids with epilepsy and stuff like that. It's pretty it's pretty nuts <laughs> to say the least. And yeah, dude, I think I think it's cool, man. I, I think what you do is awesome. I think I agree. It'll be really exciting to see what you know what the landscape looks like in five years. Of course I get it. Like I'm an open-minded person and I think, I don't know. I always question anyone that's like quick to condemn anything without being able to just logically just look at it. I always, yeah. like, hmm. uh, <laughs> I just, I just question their, their, their decision-making and, and their thought, you know, their, their decision-making process and all that stuff. But anywho, let's talk a little bit about your childhood and how, you know, uh, I know you, you know, you talked to me about how you overcame some things to get to, to get to where you're at. And I think that would be, you know, normally a lot of times these podcasts revolve more around photography and stuff. And obviously we've touched base with photography, but I just think that, you know, it'd be cool to, uh, it sounds like you have a, you know, a good story that's worth telling. And I think people would, would love to hear that. Cause I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a lot of listeners that can probably relate to what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah, so I definitely grew up an interesting childhood. Um, so this is in North a, Carolina? Yeah, in North Carolina. So I grew up, so I mean, from what I don't remember, like I basically I was like with my, I mean, my mom and dad were together and for the first year I stayed with my mom and like her and my dad were apart. And then when I was two, they got back together and then like, Basically, like, from, like, my last, like, some of my earliest memories, you know, like, this is, like, pretty harsh to hear and, and, you know, but, um, like, I grew up watching, like, my parents, like, unfortunately did a lot of drugs and that we were very poor and they were into crack. And so I watched my parents like multiple nights, like smoking crack. And I'm like downstairs in like a really like dungy basement at my grandma's house. Cause we live like with my dad's mom and, um, her husband had passed away. So it was just my grandma that lived upstairs pretty much. My sister, I have a sister and she's about four years younger than me, three or four years younger than me. And she, a lot of times stayed at my aunt's house. So she wasn't around really much of this, but for a lot of my childhood, I, I, yeah, I watched my parents like smoke crack. My dad was super aggressive, you know, beat my mom. And I saw a lot of this, but at a young age, you really don't know what's like going on. Um, all I really knew was I was like really poor compared to like a lot of my buddies. And I kind of lived in the hood too. So I lived like, 
yeah, definitely in a more ghetto part of town that I think about it now, like super, like, I mean, definitely all African American, you know, and it was in like a little, a smaller city outside of like Greensboro, North Carolina called Burlington. And is that where J. Cole's from Greensboro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, know, I was like, I know. I was... <laughs> and, and that's like 15, 20 minutes away from me, which I didn't even go there much besides this like badass place called Celebration Station, which to a poor kid, that was like paradise. It was like go-karts <laughs> and arcade games and shit. But anywho, like I, I, uh, my, I, I was like, as you were, we were talking about earlier, being mixed, I was made fun of actually for being half white. Like, so all these, all my like friends, even, you know, they would call me whitey. And I mean, I'm, I got pretty fair, like colored skin is pretty mocha latte in the middle. I don't know. Yeah. So, but they, they would call me whitey cause they were all black. So they, I mean, they made fun of me because they knew my mom was a ginger with freckles and like just the white, the only white lady like in the neighborhood. And they, they made fun of me for it. And it was funny cause when I moved in third grade to, um, I moved to the Appalachian mountains to <laughs> deep gap and this like middle of nowhere. And I was going to this school parkway. And I remember my first like day, it was all white kids and they were just like, Oh my God, there's a black kid in our class. And it was just like me. I'm like straight, like culture shocking my own self because I'm like, wait, I just went from being the white kid to the black kid. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So I'm straight confused, bro. Like I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but then I'm like, you know, this seems a little less scary here though. Less intimidating. Like people just seem like I'm different. So they're like, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, the older people that, when you're a kid, you're not recognizing, like, older people. Like, kids aren't going to be racist against kids in third grade. Like, they don't really know. I mean, maybe these days. I don't know. But back in when I was in third grade, they don't even know any better. So everyone accepted everyone. So it was pretty cool. And I just felt, like, pretty – I just, like, was like, man, this is, like, it's cool not being made fun of and just kind of being, like, I know they know I'm different. (laughs) But they're not making fun of me for it. So that's tight. And But, you know, when – I learned a lot back when I did live with my mom and dad and, you know, um, it was pretty crazy going through that because when I was young, you know, I just remember just being poor, like so poor, like my parents, like, I mean, my mom would be at work. My dad would just so into just getting his fix. That was like, there were some days like I was hungry as shit. And luckily my aunt and uncle who like had sufficient jobs, not on drugs, love them to death and thank them to this day. My uncle Ben just passed away like a couple weeks ago. RIP one of the best men ever. Mm. Um, they took care of me like so well because I knew I could go over there and like, even if like I was going to eat some rich crackers or something like there's days I ate, like all I ate was rich crackers, like, and drank some sweet tea. Like I like had shitty days where I was just a hungry ass kid or I was just like trying to figure out what I was going to eat for dinner, you know, because like, my parent, my, my, my mom was working and my dad like didn't even think about me like what I was eating. Like, and that's not like, I don't have a bad relationship with my dad at all or anything. Cause he, I appreciate like so many of the things he, uh, he taught me like, and <laughs> this is a ghetto as shit. Like <laughs> what I'm about to tell you, but my dad like taught me how to hustle. And that's like one of like the most important things is like knowing how to hustle and how to grind when you don't have anything because a lot of people are fortunate enough to have parents that could take care of them and did give them everything they could. And so they don't really know what it's like to go a day with literally not eating and being like 
all right, how am I going to figure out what I'm going to eat? And it's already four o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't eaten. Like, yeah. like, so when you start from the bottom, there's like a certain, you've already been there. So you've you're experienced not, diversity. <laughs> you've been in it. And the last thing you want is to stay in it. It's like, Gary, no, I think yeah. Gary Vanderchek Gary said something along the lines of, I'd much rather hire an ex drug dealer, a street hustler than like a super smart, rich kid with no work, work ethic or like yeah. any day of the week. He's like, cause these kids are hungry and they get it. Like, you know, no. Versus- and honestly, that's been me dude. Like straight up. No lie. Like I've done all the hustling shit. There is like, I've hustled shit. Like my dad, like, so my dad got me really into fishing. Him and my uncle Ben are twin brothers, and they used to take me out on the aluminum boat. We go bass fishing, spin rods, freaking. Yeah. We keep all the, the, the fish. dial that, that the <laughs> dial was, bro. Uh-huh. No, we got the, we had them. Uh, we had the ugly sticks with the power ba- like the power bait worms. And I used to love this like purple one. It was okay. so funny. So we were just crushed. Like, and they had these. They were my, both my dad and the uncle were in a hunting club, so they were super into hunting, which. They took me one time and I was scared as shit once they shot the gun once. So I like my dad literally I was like, oh, dad, there's a squirrel right there. He shot the gun and I freaking just ran as fast as I could to the truck. I was so scared. So take it there. <laughs> Hunting was never my thing. I kept it to the I kept it to the fishing and we would keep all the fish. And the thing was, my dad would go clean these fish and everything. And sometimes we'd have like a fish fry. You know, which, you know, some Texas Pete, dial them in, mm, proper. And that's some, that's some, uh, East Coast uh, hot sauce, by the way. Texas Pete. Get that. Okay. Uh, but a lot of the times, if it was just, especially me and my dad, we would keep all these crappies and brim and bass and we'd take them and we'd clean them. And my dad would go to this apartment complex and sell them to these Hispanic people that were like, he'd just be like, pescado, pescado, hey. You know, and they'd be like, uh, 25. And he would sell like a bag of fish for like 25 bucks. He would go, we would drive, he would stop at his dealer's house, pick up some, pick up some drugs, give me like five bucks out of it. And like, we go home, I'm stoked. I'm like, oh, I'm going to ride my bike to the store, get some candy. Like, this is how crazy my shit was. Like, some days, even like before I could even take my $5 from catching the fish, my dad would come up there. And be like, hey, can I get that five dollars back? Like straight up. I'm not even kidding you. And I'll be like, I would I would get so hurt, I started like crying. He'll be like, sometimes he's just like, never mind, never mind. You know, like I was talking about this with him the other day. Like he actually remembers it somehow. Like my dad's like pretty old, he's like sixty six or sixty five or something. My he's like fifteen years older than my mom. It's like interesting dynamic. But yeah, it's crazy, man. Like I grew up such a tough childhood. That's like so. How did you the- overcome all this? Let's get hold on. So, man, it's we get it. You had like a really tough dude, and honestly, I'm so proud of you, bro. Like straight up, like listening to your story from coming from like dealing with the drugs in your family, not having food, and the poverty oh. to like to full time photographer and fishing fishing guide in your own two bedroom place in Bend, Oregon, just like hanging out, living the life. Well, I'll tell you, man, I just like have always like take perspective on things and I pay attention to shit. I pay attention to a lot of things and I, you know, like sometimes in a conversation, you know, it's like either I'm like 
talking a bunch and I'm like really in there or I'm like super listening and reading people and paying attention and, you know, reading personality traits and certain things people do and certain paths I can take that will get me somewhere a smarter way rather than the typical way. And that's one thing I've always done with my life is like, you, you guys don't have to look at some other person and say, Oh, they did it this way. So I'm going to do it that way because that's never how it works. You, everyone's got their own path and everyone will realize that you create your own path and that's the best way. Make sure you're happy and stoked what you're doing. And that's what I've always done is tried to make sure I've stoked what I'm doing and I'm in a good place. And like things that have kept me there is like, so obviously family was kind of an interesting dynamic for me. So mm-hmm. friends were my main thing. Like I always have been like a really loyal friend myself, but I've usually my whole life I've kept a really loyal pack of friends or just any any person I cross and you know, I try to leave a positive note and like, you know, like what can we do to help each other. Like a lot of times, like, you know, if I see someone struggling, I'm not going to let it slide. Like, you know, like I've sent messages to random people. I don't even know because like their friends know them and they know they're like on some drugs or some shit and they're like scared to talk to them. And I'll, I'll just be like, yo, I heard from like, I just know that you're having a hard time. Like Leo, you need someone to talk to because like everyone needs that person. Mm -hmm. And I think my whole life, I think I've had someone at least to look up to. That's like, you know, someone's been there to give me advice at least, you know, even if it wasn't my parents, I took advice from my friends because I trusted them, you know? And like, I think that's really important for everyone is just like to just, keep a close knit group of friends because like, you know, there's friends from my childhood, you know, that, you know, I'm the type of dude that would take a bullet for someone I just met, but you know, like I'll do a lot of things for uh, my friends. And I think being in a tight knit group of friends at 16, one of our best friends died from Ewing sarcoma cancer. So he had like a cancer that's just basically like impossible to get rid of in your bones. And it was real like it brought a lot of us together just i mean for me it's always like this it's like yo we might not be here tomorrow so let's take advantage of today so it's like i mean it sucks like i have a hard time like saving money because that's kind of how i live because like i'm like nah if i want a freaking filet mignon right now like i'm gonna go get it because i can and i might not be able to do that tomorrow because i might get in a car accident or I might, something might happen. So I try to like enjoy the moment of every time. That's like kind of all I've had my whole life, whether it was that moment of being like, damn, my dad's not fucked up. And we're like on a boat with my uncle just slaying some bass or I'm riding my Batman Huffy bike or my mongoose hoop D with my homies through the neighborhood playing like with the vortex nerf ball. Like I remember all these things and I try to take the best, out of everything because that's really all I had. Like I didn't, I didn't like when you have nothing, like you have to be like, damn, like it's seven o'clock and I just 
When got, you have like, nothing, you have everything. Though, yeah, sometimes. you know like, what I mean. You get a you get a chili dog, a hot dog with chili on it at seven o'clock at night, and you haven't eaten all day, and you're like, "Man, it's so good!" Like I remember those chili dogs like it was yesterday, dude, because they made an impact on me that like never will. You can't just buy that. You can't just like have that experience. Like that's just how I grew up, and I'm so thankful for it. And that's why I'm like, that's where I'm at. That's why I think I'm at where I'm at today because like. I've always tried to be like, you can like so many people think they need all these tools, like, and everyone gets to that point. Like even now, like I have like such nice camera stuff that I'm like, you know, it almost gives you like a lack of creativity sometimes to think of what you can do with the least possible, because that's when you really are the most creative, I think. And me just like taking the positivity out of everything, like, for instance, like a lot of like friends that I have now at like 27 at this age, like a lot of people have friends that dabble in a lot of other drugs. Like I know a lot of kids that do cocaine and this stuff like regularly, like on the weekends and stuff. And for me, like I've never had an urge to do that once because I used to watch my parents smoke crack and I used to watch my dad take a hit of crack, pick up like a savagely big butchered, like a, uh, like a deer carving knife and like think you would hear noises in the basement, like walk around like those like memories, like they don't haunt me, but they remind me of like, that's why I'm not into these things because they already taught me a lesson that I don't need to learn. Basically my biggest outcome out of that is when I moved in third grade, it was because I woke up one night I literally like I had to like sleep with my mom every night because I was like that's just how it was and we had this they would put this black blanket over the bed so like I would like if I woke up I wouldn't see what was going on you know so I woke up for some reason heard some commotion I pulled the blanket down and this is like a thick black blanket you can't see anything I pull it down and I literally like just see my dad had my mom's arm in one hand and his other arm just raised like he's about to hit her and I look over. And this is a big basement kind of – mind you, it smells like shit because it like floods all the time and just disgusting, grungy. And I look over and I grab this water glass and I literally huck it like 15 feet, nails my dad in the forearm, cuts his arm really hardcore. And it was like – I saw it in my mom's eyes then. It was like a realization of like we got to like change – like she knew she had to do something. So she like that – right then – and my mom has this like I'll go to it in a second but she just drew, I didn't know where we were going but she was like we're leaving and we just left like I didn't know where we were the hell we're going and my mom had a weird relationship with her dad where like she didn't know him for like 30 years or something of her life like and then he like showed back up in her life like so we like went to her dad's house which was in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains and that's where we moved to and after that, I watched my mom completely change her life around, get off drugs. You know, she went to church. That was really what helped her. But it took her. She's a really smart lady and she knew she's really good with vibes and feelings. And it took her a while to find the right church and stuff. But, you know, she would always eventually she found the right place and she found herself and she knew she had to make a difference like for me and my sister. And I was old enough to like go through all of that with her that I watched my mom change. I watched this all happen and I thought about it like all the time, man, I can tell my mom slipped up today, you know, like, man, it looked like she was doing good for a while, but oh, I think she did some drugs today. And I would have these days and it would fucking break my heart, dude. Like I would have like, 
Oh, and like, cause I love my mom more than anyone else in the world. So like, it would break my heart the days I would know, like she was trying to not be on drugs. Cause she would be like not on them for weeks. And then she would slip up because like that shit's definitely hard. So I would like see that happen, but I watched her change and like, I'm so proud of her, like more than anyone else, because she, that's, I know, I mean, if you watch any documentaries and things on TV, you know how hard these people have, like, a, you know how hard it is for people to get off, like, serious drugs, like, crack and stuff, and, like, for me, growing up, watching all the crazy stuff was, like, holy shit, like, my mom overcame, like, some of the most hardcore stuff that you really can do because like you're, you force your body to think you need these things. So like, and I watched her go through the struggle, which was like nuts and it took years, but she did it. And like, I don't even know for like hella years now, like since I've been in high school, at least like my mom has been off drugs, like, you know, 10 over 10 years. My mom's like, I'm pretty sure at least over 10 years. My mom has been completely clean. Like she didn't even drink for the longest time. Like she drinks a little wine every now and then props to her for that. Like getting a little celebration in, but I mean, it's like, that's like, you know, that really, I think is a big portrayal of like what builds people up as like their parents and for me or their guardians or whatever. And for me, like seeing my mom overcome that, just let me know, like shit, I don't have to go through that because they already taught me those lessons. Like, I'm trying to be the most genuine dude ever to, to women because I grew up with my mom and sister. I watched my mom get beat. Like I'm the most protective over them, but like, I'm like, that's like what I care about the most is like my mom and my sister, because like, that's who I grew up with. And that's who, like I was the man of the house. So like, I appreciate those experiences more than anything. And like for my sister, like never been in an argument once. Like me and my sister are the tightest, like a brother and sister could be. We've never gotten a fight. She used to let me borrow money when I was like 10. I'd be like, can I borrow that five bucks you got for Christmas? Like I want some Laffy Taffy. Like, and she would give me that shit, dude. Like stupid. Like she's so nice. Like, and that's like those things, like my mom and my sister, like, the courage and like strength it took my mom to get through what she did. And then like, just like the pure innocence and niceness of my sister that is built into me. And that's like what I try to like portray to everyone is just like, you know, you got to do what makes you happy. And like a lot of people in this world aren't happy because they like are so focused on looking at someone else's happiness and trying to achieve it you have to know yourself. Like a lot of people don't even like take the time to understand like what they really want. And for me, like shit, it's been to be happy and like just to have a really good day my whole life. Like, so having a good day, even if I didn't bust a hustle and grind, dude, I, I live in a studio. I mean, I have a two bedroom apartment and one bedroom is my studio. I live by myself. Like I get like so bored. I like take naps when I should not be napping because like, I just like, that's just what's comfortable to me. Like there's so much more time I could be grinding, but if I'm happy at the end of the day, I'm like, whatever. Like that's all that I like. You have the balance, I, you found your balance, man. And and that's important. Austin, it's so, it's so important, man. Like, and it's hard for people to even like understand that. That's Especially with someone like me, you have such a background. You have such a story. You've gone through so much in life. You've gone through so much adversity. You getting out of your environment, in itself is like a huge victory. So like, 
Yeah, that was, that was, that was a key. That is, you know, like it, it's it's sad, but to, but to be honest, most people born in the same circumstances and environment that you are, it's rare that they ever escape that. It's rare that they ever, yeah, you know, it's rare that they're at a point to where you're at, to where you have a great job, you have your own side business, you know, tour guiding, you know, fishing tours, and this awesome hobbies and a talented person in your own place. Like, dude, that's beautiful, man. Like, I have so much respect for you and. And so much love for you showing up so vulnerable and open, man. Like, it's very rare that you meet people and, and artists that are willing to just share pieces of their lives like that with myself and the rest of the AOV community for, for everyone to hear. Because I know for a fact I'm going to be getting some, you know, direct messages. And I'm sure you will be, too, about there's going to be people that listen to this that are like, wow, this is so inspiring and it's going to hit home because they're probably from similar backgrounds or they might be struggling with some of these things now, you know? Yeah, for sure. I know a kid from the community that reached out to me about a year and a half ago and basically uh, had a decent talk with him and he explained, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I come from an extremely abusive family. My dad beats me. My mom doesn't really pay attention and I'm just kind of here. And uh, it was really heartbreaking. The kid was 13 years old and, it's just that's yeah, what we're here. Like, that's what that's what people like you and me in this community are here for, though, dude. We like we put out a voice, and people that recognize that they're not afraid to message us. Message us because like I get I get messages all the time, being like, "Yo, you like inspire me." Like just like your your Instagram stories make my day. I look forward to them every day. Like and them saying that to me, like it don't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. Like I don't give a shit who it is. Like we're all humans. We eat. We poop. We, we got to live. We do the same things. We're built the same. It's just our brains and how we utilize it. And to me, like, that's so gratifying hearing that pushes me and motivates me more to be like, because that's someone that doesn't even know my story. You know what I mean? That's me just being a happy human being posting like a goofy video on right. my story and then be like, dude, I look forward to your story like every day. Like everyone else is so boring. Like yours is just awesome. And I'm like damn like that's cool that's like makes me want to do it again you know and i do it more and more because of cool people and people need that realism because like they they like look up to these all these other people like there's some like i mean they don't even they just subconsciously think someone's like a god or like you know untouchable but it's like it's yo like god. that guy <laughs> that guy has whatever like Kim K might have 150 million followers, but like how happy is that person at the end of the day? Because that's the reality of any of this like living life. Like it, it doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter what you're doing for a job. None, none of anything matters. And it's like, you got to be actually genuinely happy and stoked on what you're doing or else you're doing it wrong. And like, it takes, it does, doesn't happen like over a like you can't just decide like they want you to in school like school kind of just brings us up so wrong and we're not we're not taught how to communicate with each other like properly and all these things that are so important that's like and just have empathy and try, try to understand each other like those are so much more important ingredients to a personality than how much fucking math you know or how much english background you know like other things are really important and I don't go to school now. So I really hope some of these things in elementary schools are like being imp implemented just to get people to just be more communicative towards each other and like not be afraid to like share their personal selves because like with social media, we're being so 
people don't even know how to talk to each other anymore. It's sad. Like I catch myself doing that. Like I go like, I like been on like some dates where I'm like, I just get to a point where I don't even know what to talk about because like the other person's not as like, like in the conversation as me. So (laughs) it's like, this is kind of awkward. And then it just kind of goes flat. And I'm like, man, like, and I'm not bad with the ladies. I'm like, usually pretty good, but trust me. Like, I think it's just like how it's like usually like younger people too. So it's like, I think people just only know how to talk on phones these days. And it's really, absolutely. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, obviously like that's a big general statement, but there's been plenty of people that are like, so like one way when you're texting them or they're DMing me and then I get them on the phone or I get them on FaceTime or I meet them and even better yet, I'm in person with them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh wow. Like you're not like, you don't speak the you're same. You're super like, shy. You're, yeah. You're like super cool on DM and you try to like come off as a suave badass. And then like I meet in person and you're like quiet and hunched over and like, you won't even look me in the eye when you talk to me. It's weird. Yeah. And that's how like a lot of people, I mean, and when you start doing like business stuff, like, you know, and these meetings where you just start meeting people, you realize that you're like, like I said, man, we're all the same. And like, you're a real uh, person though. That's beautiful, man. Like not a lot of people can, you know, are as authentic and transparent and raw as you are. And like, I think that's beautiful. We have a sign downstairs in my kitchen. It's kind of, it's, it, I shouldn't say it's kind of cheesy. It's super cheesy, but it's real. And, 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 and it's something along the lines of like, be yourself because everyone else is taken already or something like that. No. And that's like, I, I can't even try like shit. I could, I'm like, so myself i couldn't even and i i do remember like we all go through those days like teenagers are like so influenced by all these people like i want to be just like bob dylan or i want to and you know we all see these people try to do all this shit it's like if it's not you it's not you so like everyone grows into themselves and it takes some people longer than others to realize like what they actually like and enjoy and like for me it's just experiences man like you gotta like traveling is the most beneficial thing I ever did in my life because I never left North Carolina and that's what people do for so their whole lives. I never did that till I was 18 or 17 when I went to Oregon to work at summer camp and holy shit, did that just change my life forever? Like just opening my eyes to what was out there and all these other opportunities and man, like traveling, that's, that's hold on that. Just to take a step back, by the way, the underlying uh, reality there is that traveling is what exposed you to everything, more, to more life, to just a better life. Everything, everything. And yeah. So I think that's why it's so important for everyone to travel because although you know what you have here, you never know what else is out there. And it's you know, so it's easy for people where, to I mean, stay if you're happy where you're at. Then, 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 then by all means stay put, but, if you'll never know <laughs> and you have an itch and you want to get out and explore an adventure then i dude i highly recommend you know everyone to definitely get out there and do that and with that said we're running tight on time so i'm going to leave you with parting words to the community i'll let you think about it for a second but this is how i end all the podcasts no I give no each artists a platform to just whatever your you know whatever their message is that they feel is important and that the community should should hear and that will add value to their lives. So uh, you've had a strong podcast. It's been a very authentic and 
I always, I definitely, like I said at the beginning, I appreciate you having me here. You know, um, I've always kind of wanted just to have like a platform just to kind of like, I've never actually like fully told that story, like my childhood story, like on like a platform like this besides, but like, if you meet me in every day, like there's a lot of people that I barely know that I probably told that story to because they needed to hear it at that point in time, you know? So I'm super stoked that even if one person messages me off of this, like, I'm going to be super grateful because like it made a difference. And that's like, yeah. for me, that's my whole goal is coming from my background. Like, you know, being into the things I'm into, um, I don't, I don't put myself in a box for my art. Like I'm into fashion a lot. I'm really into fashion. If you know me, you know, I dress really nice. I buy stupid expensive shoes and things that people think are dumb but i really am stoked on it like i just like looking cool because i'm into fashion um i like being outside i like traveling i like being in nature and going fishing and you know learn and fly fishing you know getting me closer to nature and you know how to sustain an environment and a habitat and the things we can do to better our you know environment and make sure our lands aren't getting taken and all these things that are imperative to you know us that we don't realize are happening um so I, I just kind of like being open to everything, and I think everyone should have like an open mind and uh, don't ever put yourself in a box. And if you think you can creatively go somewhere with something, definitely do it because there's no limitations holding you back besides your own mind. You really think it's everyone else, but it's yourself because no one's saying no. No one's saying don't do it. Like only you. So it's it's up to you to make that difference. Um, and you just gotta like be thankful for all the small things, you know. I, I listened to Garrett uh, Short Stash's uh, interview earlier, which was kind of interesting because uh, I didn't really think many other people did this, but I'm often a person. I do it multiple times a week where I like buy the person's food behind me or buy their coffee or whatever because we all need to pay it forward. And um, it's not really like perception thing where you're like, oh, I want to seem like I'm the cool guy. It's a real feeling you get when you do that. Like, Try it next time you go in a drive-thru or something. Like, pay for the person's food behind you and just look. Let's look in the rearview mirror sometimes at the person's face because I've done it at the car wash and things and had like old people just like have the biggest grin on their face in, in the world. And that makes my day. And like, if I were to freaking pass away like seconds after that, I would be stoked on my life because, and that's so easy to do for everyone. So I encourage everyone just to like, don't be afraid to try new things. You know, always leave a positive impact, network with people. Like, you know, there's no, there's no room for tension. Like there's just room for improvement, like on your own self. So like keep doing the best you can do. And it's so easy to not believe you can do something and we all do it every day, but just, you know, you can do it and just know that it's up to you to make that difference so you know stop it's, it's like you got to look at like what you got on the inside what makes you happy and then just like push for that every day you know for me my goal overall goal is to get enough money be sustainable enough to make like a program a charity or you know whether it's building water wells for kids and places that don't have drinking water or it's like helping inner city kids get cameras in their hands to shoot photos or do art or like just like there's so many options for us to make a better impact on this place and like that's my overall goal to like 
get myself dialed in first and then like make a bigger impact in the way I can. And until then, I'm just going to keep being positive, um, showing love to everyone and just like being the goofy ass dude that I am just because that's me. And um, once again, man, I'm like super thankful for you to have me here. It's a blessing. And yeah, you the man. <laughs> dude, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening. Please share the Art of Visuals podcast with your friends and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Sharing is caring. You can follow Art of Visuals on Instagram at Art of Visuals or sign up for the Art of Visuals newsletter on artofvisuals.com. Join us next episode for more. But until then, let's continue to visually inspire the world together.